Hi, I'm Guy. Hey, and I'm Jose. And welcome back for another edition of This Beats It All, uh, discussions on the craft of screenwriting presented by Save the Cat. Jose, how you doing? I'm doing very well, Guy. How about you? Doing the same. Doing really well. Hey, um, wanted to talk to you about the beats. That's kind of our, our main topic here. I know we talk uh, really focus on the beats each, each week when we do these. But one thing that comes up, I think, when people start talking about structure and beats is are the beats locked in to where they're supposed to be based on you know the book <laughs> I mean, that's a very 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 good question and it's actually a question I, I get a lot you know and you know I think even Blake kind of answers this in, uh, in in one of the books and and yes while the beats are there and you know we go from beat one opening image all the way to beat 15 final image in a certain the sequence mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't mean that um, you're tied into that particular sequence. You know, the, the thing with the beat sheet is that it helps us, again, again, it helps writers, it helps your audience follow a certain way of storytelling that we're all really familiar with. That's all it really does. Now, when you're writing your story, the important thing is you know you're able to tell that narrative really well, that you know what are the proper ways of telling a nice story that makes the hero sympathetic, that makes the goal compelling. Get the emotional ups and downs through it. Exactly. You know, and that's what the beats, you know, do for for you as the writer it also does for the audience like i said it keeps us aware of a certain familiar way of storytelling but is that the only way of storytelling i guess it's kind of where i'm going and clearly not you know and there are a lot of filmmakers out there who have done movies where they kind of move around what they call the beats mm-hmm. or the timelines of story and so the answer is no you're not tied to it one thing I always say is you do have to learn the rules first before you go ahead and start breaking the rules so that you don't come up with some sort of little artsy story that nobody gets and really it's only you who kind of who gets it. Right. Like you said a moment ago, we're, we're kind of trained as an audience to look for a story order. And you know, really what Blake did was put that story order in what I felt was pretty easy to understand and digest terms. Yeah, there's plenty of examples of the guys who take those and move all the blocks around. But then the story, from the audience point of view, we really have to, I don't know, maybe work at it harder to get it? Yeah, clearly. Yeah, we definitely, it's because it's a different way of telling the story. And so we have to work a little harder as the audience to sort of figure out where we're coming in in the story, who the hero is, you know, which is depending on how, you know, the, um, the, the, the writer, you know, wrote it and kind of moved around the beats. When you first watch Pulp Fiction, it's like, okay, what's going on here? Pulp Fiction is one of those great examples because you have, you have several storylines going on and there it's really more of just, they just happen at different timelines. They kind of just overlap. But the truth is, even if you take each individual storyline, whether it's a John Travolta or the Bruce Willis storyline, they kind of go through the beats as well. So it's uh, it's it's still there. It's still working. So in you know, nobody's going to question Quentin Tarantino with what he, with his story sense because he really is a great storyteller. But again, for, you know, for us to kind of work with our own stories is that we have to make sure that we're still able to tell that story that our audience will understand, even if you're moving around the beats. You know, I, there's one movie, kind of smallish, uh, I kind of call it smallish movie that kind of came out recently, which I really liked a lot. It was called uh, Begin Again. Right. And I call it smallish because nowadays it's kind of hard to sort of differentiate what's an indie movie and, you know, a, a studio film. Because you have a lot of big stars kind of doing smaller type, you know, indie stories, which is Begin Again, where you have Kira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo. You know, and they're, they're two big stars. But the nice thing about Begin Again, which I found really, really interesting, was that it starts off with almost the catalyst. Because it is 
you know, I'm kind of doing the quick version here. Because it is a body love story between these two. Uh, it's not a traditional romance body love, but it is a body love story between Kira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo characters. We start off the story with that catalyst being the two of them getting together, which is usually the case with body love stories, when the two bodies get together. But what they did, interestingly enough, is that so it starts off with them getting together, which becomes the catalyst. And then they go backwards to the setup of first the Kira Knightley character story. And we spend like about anywhere from almost like say about 15 minutes in her backstory of getting to understand who she is, you know, who her boyfriend was, the Adam Levine character, how they got, how she ended up in New York and all that. So we get that backstory of hers leading to the point of where we're back in the catalyst scene where she gets together with Mark Ruffalo. Now, once we get back to there, suddenly we go back again and meet now Mark Ruffalo's character and his backstory. And then we spend again another sort of, let's just say 15 minutes of his story of getting to know who he was, how he was a music producer, now how he's kind of on the decline and things are not so great with him. And that backstory again of his ends up again there into that moment, that very, very opening, you know, where we see them together. So they did, in a way, kind of move the beats around. I think you can say that because they started off with the catalyst with the bodies getting together. And then we go to the setup of one character. And then we go to another setup of another character. And then we kind of end back with them being together again. Well, by, by moving the catalyst to the front, though, that kind, of, that kind of engages the audience right up front. It's something different going, hey, you know, it, it, it kind of grabs your attention and draws you into the story maybe more than just what a traditional setup might have done. Yeah, definitely. I think, they, but it, it's like you said. You know, they still know what's going on. I mean, as a as an audience member, I still knew what was going on because I was still able to follow that story. It still pulled me into their stories. Yeah, you that's know? important. And I think that's, that's important. important. It, it's important. You know, it's all. That's always it's clear. Something very, very important that we need to know as a you know as storytellers is how to draw in your audience. It's all part of telling that dramatic story. How to tell that narrative properly that we end up following the stories. So even this case when we ended up right away with you know the catalyst moment where the two get together and then we go back now to the setup and now i realize why i should be following their story so it it says you know if we can move around the beats it's really get what i'm just really saying here so there's no reason as to why you cannot move around the beats but but you still have to remember you know the most basic rules of storytelling you know again it's making sure that we're, we understand who the hero is why he's a sympathetic character you know why their goals are compelling you know, and you know, those are the kind of you know the things that you need to remember. Yeah, the, the beats are important, and as an audience, you may not be sitting there thinking about well, we do because this is what we do, but we, we don't sit there thinking, okay, we're in this beat now, we're in this beat now. Ah, here's the midpoint. You know, we don't think that as an audience watching the movie. But if something's missing, we sense it. That's very true. When something is missing, we we get it because again, it's all this. You know, like I was saying earlier, it's just part of being familiar with a certain way of storytelling. And even though we may not have taken college classes on storytelling, but it's just because we know through the years of being told, whether it's cartoons or fairy tales when we were young, we're kind of used to a way of storytelling. Even you know, when people tell jokes, there is still a structure to that. So even though if beats get moved around, I guess that's partly, I think partly is you know, when people want to start moving around beats, that's you taking your creative license and doing what you can to, to make the story more interesting. You know, but like you said, you know, you still kind of have to make sure that the important beats are there because if we if it's missing then we kind of end up sort of we, we know it's missing as an audience we can't maybe put a term on it but 
it's not there and you feel it walking out going, well, that could have been better. Yeah, exactly. So again, you know, just to answer your question, can the beats be moved around? Of course they can be moved around. You know, as, but as long as, you know, you, like I said, you know, first know the rules before you start breaking the rules. Know what the beats are for and know how important they are to the story and what, you're, what they're trying to get out of the story. So that your audience will always be engaged with your story. And then once you know those, what they're supposed to do, go ahead and move it around. You know, uh, like I said, you know, whatever the end product may be when we're watching it, it can come out very different from the beat sheets. But, you know, if those beats are there, then you still end up with a story that's engaging. And that's the most important thing. That's that's the goal. Absolutely. Well, hey, Jose, we're, uh, we're at the end of the session here. So thanks again for spending some time. Before we go, a couple quick things. Let folks know you can find us on iTunes. Uh, just search for uh, Save the Cat. And you can also find us, obviously, at SaveTheCat.com. Uh, where you're welcome to leave some comments about this episode, uh, follow-up questions, or even suggestions for things you'd like us to tackle in the future. So with that, Jose, we'll say goodbye, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks again, Guy.